Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Oh my gosh, so many pride, so little time. I'm wearing myself out. Oh, but how do I take care of myself? Well, bitches, quit going to so many prides for crying out loud. But happy Pride Month, everybody. And how do we take care of ourselves? And one of the things that I feel like as we come out of the closet and as we live in our gay lives is sometimes we just don't take care of ourselves in the right way. And so I'm talking to all of y'all, the gays, the lesbians, the femmes, the fabulous masculine guys, everybody in our community, because during Pride Month, we have so much fun, hopefully, but sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves. And I thought, what better way in Pride Month to bring somebody who's way smarter than me about all this shit onto the podcast. She's a master certified coach, which we compete there. I think I'm pretty much there, too. Um, But she's a functional medicine nurse practitioner. I think I got that right. She's fabulous. She's beautiful. And she's got the hottest red lips I've ever seen of any of my podcast guests. Plus, her and I have had so much fun already chatting before we came on. So she's like like regaled in pride. She's covered in rainbows. I'm telling you. Plus, her smile is just one big freaking rainbow. So Victoria Albina, I can't wait to just like cut loose and have some fun with you, girls. So happy pride. (laughs) Happy Pride. That was just like the most delightful intro that ever happened. Thank you. I don't Keeping rehearse it this shit. It's like whatever the fuck comes out of Rick's mouth I is love what it. the intros are. So, um, but anyway, it. I'm here happy, for it. Happy, happy Pride. You know? Happy Pride to you. Yeah. And uh, folks, it's not just once a year we should be celebrating this. Be happy every Pride in yourself. Day. Every single day. Every, every single, single day. Every single big day. gay day. Kind of like every single day you should be taking the fuck care of yourself too. I'm just saying, you know. I mean, it's an option. Yeah. It's a great option. It is a greater <laughs> option than the other one, which is For sure. well, what are you doing down there? What are you doing in that little jar? You know, so, right. um, but wow, Hudson Valley, New York girl. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Moved up here, needed a break from many, many years in Brooklyn during the pandemic, just uh, needed some more trees. So here I am in the Hudson awesome. Valley. Yeah. And so you just like, you know, waved your magic wand mm-hmm. and, like you, do. you know, just, click those heels and there you were and then clicked your heels again and here's this you know business you i know i'm kidding folks this is not how as entrepreneurs do this crap but um you love what you're doing right you love working with well mostly women so you you take the women i do the guys you know but um but um it's really around really helping them like break through some stuff so what are some of the major things that a lot of the women in your world struggle with yeah. So the core, core, core issue is self-worth. Um, and I see that through the showing up as codependent thinking, perfectionism, people pleasing, really chronically putting everyone else ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. and thinking that, and this is how I, de- I uh, define codependent thinking. Codependent thinking is believing that we need to source our worth, our validation, our importance, our value in the world from everyone outside of ourselves instead of from within. And so we need everyone to like us or we feel like crap about ourselves. 
And it all starts when you're in school and they start saying you can't say gay and suddenly you have to go seek that validation. And I'm not being I'm not being like facetious about what I just said. No, for sure. Because this yeah. is what most of us in the queer community have faced. Like, no, you can't be that. So now we got to go find somewhere that we can be that and feel good about ourselves and love ourselves. And then for most of us, and I am, I'm like raising my hands here, folks, you can't see mm -hmm. it, but I'm like, I was one of those kids because I hid, I started like not some good eating habits. And before I knew it, I was the chubby guy. Still, I'm the chubby guy. Work on it, getting there. <clears throat> especially after having some accidents last year and <laughs> being 58 years old, all that good stuff. But anyway, we won't go down my medical history path, but I think it's important for those that are struggling with anything, but specifically in this health space to know that don't hide this stuff under the carpet. Like we were mm. taught to hide who we are yeah, because it gets really dangerous. So as people are struggling, I love the, the codependent. Well, I, don't love, I don't love codependency, but I love having conversations about that right. because I think all of us are codependent and we don't get it. We're codependent on something, but we say, oh, no, I don't. Yeah, that TV that you like turn on every night and sit there for five hours straight. Like, and I'm not knocking that because I watch TV too, but it's like, it's not something if I can't make it happen, I'm going to go kind of crazy. But there's lots of different levels of codependency. So let's kind of explore that for a little bit because I think even Pride Month, we can get codependent on people. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we, when we believe we're not worthy enough or good enough, unless everyone around us tells us we are, then of course we hide our authenticity. We hide who we really are, whether that's our queerness or something else about us or everything else about us, because we want that external validation because we learned in childhood that that was that was the way, that was what was modeled for us. And, and which makes me think of your point that so many of us have these codependent habits, but we don't realize it. And I think we don't realize it because the dominant definition has been a person who's partnered with or raised by folks with substance use and dependence issues, use and abuse issues. And I really think that's just not true because mm -hmm. I see folks who's, you know, a uh, grandfather or great grandfather had substance use issues, right? It can be so many generations removed, right? but intergenerational trauma, ancestral trauma, and the lessons from our socialization, our conditioning and our family of origin, that all gets passed down to us because of our mirror neurons, right? Mm -hmm. So as humans, particularly as children, monkey see monkey do. You yep. see your parents having this codependent way of thinking, you repeat it. And then you teach your kids and the people in your life to repeat it and on and on and on and on. But we don't see it when we're like, oh, but I'm not dating an alcoholic. Oh, mm. my parents didn't, right? We didn't have substance use issues. Right. But that's, it's really missing the mark. And I think it's leaving so many people, particularly queer folks who may not seek out care or seek out therapy or seek out support mm -hmm. groups because we're worried about being ostracized for our otherness, right? It leaves us suffering and in so much pain when our relationships with ourselves and others can really be so beautiful and so fulfilling. I think this is a key piece of what you just brought up is that this codependency, it shows up in ways that kind of sneaks up on you. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how codependent I was until I came out of the closet. Mm. <laughs> and it was difficult for me. Okay. So I think I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but we'll go there since it's pride month. And I think this will help a lot of people. Yeah. Um, 
I've, I never have like even okay I'm 58 years old I have never quote unquote lived alone I was in college I had my own dorm room all that stuff so yes I and I was RA so I had like you know, I had the swanky dorm room that had my look own bathroom you. you know that's like Ooh. look at me go right right um so you know I had that but it wasn't really like living alone right right and then I when I graduated I had a brief summer of living on my own but that got kind of changed as I moved from within the company I got hired they're like yeah you're going here and then I like get this all apartment set up and everything they're like oh no we're gonna move you over here for the summer and then bring you back I'm like, okay and then when they brought me back they moved me somewhere all together different so I did have that first year out of college like I was living on my own but then I met my now ex-wife and suddenly a, a, a majority of the time she was around and then boom a year later we're married and then boom 13 years later you know here we are going through the divorce and I'm coming out. <clears throat> so I did live quote unquote alone for like three years, but I had kids. So it wasn't really like I was living alone, you know? <clears throat> and suddenly when I met my husband and I saw things starting to move, man, the codependency I had was crazy. Like, well, why can't, why, why are you going out with your friends? We're dating. You should. And I'm like, wait, stop. Because this is, as you said, what I had been mirrored. It's exactly how my parents, mostly my father, had done the world, his life and, and showed right. up in the world. Right. And Victoria, I had to really work my ass off. Yeah. Because I was confronting something I'm like, I don't want to be this. Right. And I wanted to model to my own children, like, you don't want to be this. Right. And I didn't want to lose my man. Of course, sure. now we've been together 21 years. I'm like, oh, can you go get lost a little bit? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. God, I hope yeah. he doesn't listen to this one. No, he he never listens to my podcast. He's like, yeah, whatever. Um, he loves me, but you know, he's like, I can't listen to all of them, girl. Um, he doesn't talk like that, guys. He's a very cool butch guy. And like, okay, so let's just get all that out of the way. But again, I find in the work I do, it sounds like you do too, that this revealing. Yes. It's painful but it's so beautiful right yeah because it opens us up to our authenticity mm -hmm. and to start to ask who am i underneath my socialization my conditioning underneath the archetype i was taught to live into as a child in order to survive and even thrive in my family of origin right like i was the fixer i was the joker the comedian I was the helper, right? I, I, there were roles that I fit myself into to, in order to seek validation in my family of origin. And I did it with like every person I've dated my yep. whole life until I realized I no longer want to live this way. I no longer want to chameleon myself. I no longer want to shape shift my personality, how I dress, who I am, how I talk in order to try to make someone want to date me, to want to be my friend, right? And it really is for me, I mean, I say this all the time that my queerness is the greatest gift in my life and my queerness saved me because my community mirrored for me that difference is the best thing there is, the mm -hmm. sexiest thing, and that authenticity is everything, Yep. right? And that we are allowed to be 
complete weirdo freak shows and that's celebrated. We're allowed to be nerdy librarians right. and that's celebrated. Yep. I mean, your, your girl has a master's in public health and studied epidemiology for years. Like hands You're so up weird. For the nerds. You're so weird. I don't Thank know you. if we can be friends, girl. Right. But right now when someone says you're a nerd, I'm like, mm. Thank you. Yes. And let me rock right? that with my lipstick. Thank mm, you very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am just so, because y'all can't <clears throat> see me. I am serving fierce femme librarian right now. And I'm all about it. Don't you so, think? I, I think so. Thank you. I mean, I haven't been on that side of the fence, but as soon as you came on the, the camera today, I'm like, girl. Ooh, <clears throat> thank you. But you so, know, so cute. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. But the point really is like, when we lean into our queerness and see it as the massive gift that it is, it, it, it opens up the possibility to step mm. into our authenticity. And part of that work is, like you said, peeling off those layers of codependent thinking, of perfectionism that says, well, I have to be gay this certain way. Right. Like, I hate yeah, that. we can talk about that. I have to like fit whatever femme archetype. Exactly. Right? Like, first of all, fuck gender roles, right? right? Like as queers, my queerness is all about is, is a queerness based in feminism and feminism is for humans of all genders. Mm-hmm. And it's all about deciding that gender roles are garbage. The binary yep. is garbage. Yep. And I get to write my gender roles every day. Yep. Right. Like I am a femme who uses power tools. Right. And that's yeah. hot. That's great. Right? scares me no, i'm kidding i know but no, I'm it's so funny you said that because what? I, I i told you before we came on the air yeah. that i work for another company and so we have all you know every monday everybody's like what did you do this weekend what did you do? And, right. I, and i'm like the lone queer in the in the company mm-hmm. right um so before i went to bed on sunday night hubby's out of ha, had been out of town and i was doing like well i love taking arranging flowers so i'm like okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna kind of share the flower arrangements i did over the weekend and of course i love to like like push the envelope right and i'm like so here's what i did how has gone i made all these flower arrangements i started re-editing my book and to do something to really butch it up i scraped the um silicon from around the toilet and resealed it you know Ooh. and it's like and everybody's like can we see the pictures of the toilet work you gave us pictures of everything else i'm like no i purposely just said that just to get y'all to ask questions like i know you're shocked that rick was like oh he's mr handyman i'm like bitch i was a contractor's kid i i could build you a house if you need me to so oh that's amazing but it is interesting when we play in these gender role things and people get really stuck in it and as you know as people that may be listening and attending their first prize you know there's lots of people who could be doing that right now yeah of course be ready for your own shit to come up, number one, Whew, yes. <laughs> because you're going to see some stuff depending on your pride. Maybe you have a tame pride. Others, uh, you know, I'm not going to say we're the stereotypes or what everybody says, but we don't mind being who we are at pride. Right. And so there's going to be a lot of stuff you might see that suddenly like I didn't. Oh, I did not. I remember my first pride. I was like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> and I was like and I wasn't out yet. My first pride, right, I right. was not out. I was actually work on a work trip work with some work colleagues who happened to be in the queer community which was always where i hung out it's like they as soon as i came out they're like we all we knew you were part of us that's why we you know like held your hand with us as we went all these places we went to um but yeah they could see the shock going on in my own head you know right and then suddenly i was like okay well hey this is what my community is you know then i went to 
Dory Alley Street Fair in San Francisco Ooh. with this, and it was like that was a whole that was a whole that's nother, a whole like, other right <laughs> that was a whole different guy. especially back Oof. in the day it's so tame now but yeah yeah oh see I was so this was nineteen. It was before it came out. So it was like 1998. So it was right. that was it was back in the day when that was like the crazy thing to do. Right. But as people start to step through this and they start to see themselves. One of the things I liked about the thought of interviewing you, other than I knew we were going to have fun, um, was that there's this piece of you that's like, OK, I'm going to help you kind of see your stuff as you help women really own themselves and step away from the people pleasing, which is the biggest thing that keeps most of us in the closet, quite honestly. Yep. yep. But then there's also this like, hey, and I'm also kind of this functional medicine person. So if there's other yeah. stuff going on, I love that you can marry those two things, Victoria, because I think we get so stuck and I'm, I'm trying right. to be gentle how I say this mm. <clears throat> with pop a pill, pop a pill. I mean, it's because sure. I, I pop a lot of pills right now right. for things. And I hate it. I, I avoid them like a plague unless I absolutely, absolutely have to have them. Right. But right. I think in our lovely queer community, if we can embrace there's other ways to do this wellness from the mind through the body, I think people would realize how much more functional they can be in the world. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So, so uh, while you were talking about the first pride, what came up for me to share is thought work. So a huge part of my practice um, as a life coach is teaching folks how to manage their own minds because so much of the stress, anxiety, and drama in our lives is because of the drama of our own creation, yep. because we're projecting our unmet childhood wants, needs, fears, worries onto current day situations, onto our partners, onto our friends, onto pride, onto anything, right? Yep. And, and we make all sorts of situations mean so much more than they need to mean. And we make things bigger than they are because we're not aware of our own habitual thinking. So the thought work that I teach is based in cognitive behavioral theory. And I, a lot of my training is in somatics or body-based practices. And I bring that in because it's like you said, mind, body, it is one, right? You can't separate out your thoughts and the sensations in your body because they move together. So the thought work I teach gives us an, an opportunity. It's, it's an exercise in which we can choose to look at situations in life as neutral. And that's a choice. I'm not saying life is neutral, right? Like transphobia. Oh, come on. That is exactly is what neutral. you just said. Life is oh, neutral. You. Yeah. Get out of here. Don't wait. We need to record this. Hold on. Don't leave yet. <laughs> <laughs> Cutie. Um, right. But we can choose for this exercise to say, um, the situation is neutral and we can look at what our habitual thoughts are about it. So as you were talking, you know, one, I have this amazing group of femmes that we get to, together every year for Dyke March in New York and get dressed together and prep together. And it's super fun. And invariably every year, someone's like, I'm super anxious. My ex is going to be there. Right. I haven't seen her or him or them in, you know, since we broke up six months ago or a year ago or five years ago. And they're going to be there and I'm panicked. How do I look? What do I say? What do I do? Then they spend the whole, the whole pride, right? The whole dyke march or whatever the event is feeling anxious, feeling self-conscious, disconnected from themselves, disconnected from their, our friend group and not really present. 
because in their mind, they're spinning out about either something that might happen, their ex right. might be there, or something that might happen, their ex is there, and that person might have thoughts, or they might have thoughts about seeing that person. And so here's where we can bring thought work in to decide ahead of time how we're going to think and thus feel about any situation. So mm. thought work teaches us that we have habitual thoughts yep. from, from our lives. Uh, we, those thoughts create a feeling an emotion, a somatic experience, a sensation in our body. Feelings are fuel for action. As humans, we don't take action because we think we should do something. We take action because we feel we should do something. So the most simple example is like, do you cross the street because you think it's safe, Rick? Or do you like actually look and then feel safe in your body and then launch yourself across mission, right? Well, given, given that I'm superhuman, I don't look, I just walk. And I, know I actually thought you flew. So you well, don't cross the street. I didn't want to like really it. let my superpowers known, oh, but damn you know, it. Yeah, I just walk. I'm and so get, sorry. They just hit me in wow. the poof. I yeah. Wow. I love what you're saying here because yeah. this is, it's such the critical piece of really coaching. And, yeah. and rethinking because yeah. you went right down the path that I usually like a thought creates a feeling. Yep. It's really, it's, it's almost, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's, it's kind of that simple. And when oh, we really catch is. ourselves in that Yep. and move beyond is what you're right. saying. Now, yep. I don't think Victoria and I are either one saying, okay, you're going to, now you're going to think you're going to change a feeling and poof, it's done. Now there's work no. that goes with this. Of course. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a big difference between simple and easy, right? Right. Right. This work is deep is so simple, but it's, right. it's easy because it's not easy rather because what we're coming up against is our, the neuroscience of being a human Yep. Right. The way our nervous system was formed ages zero to seven, which is when our nervous system starts to understand the world and what's safe, what's OK, what's dangerous, <clears throat> what's a lion and what's a tabby cat. Right. right. That gets set into place. We are up against our inner children. Well, not up against. Right. We are working with and need to with. understand mm -hmm. our inner children uh, and the stories that they're telling about who it's safe to be, how it's safe to be. Right. Uh, what will, will keep us in connection with other humans and what might make us lose connection. Um, and to go all ontological on it for a second, what matters to humans is significance mm -hmm. and connection. Mm -hmm. And so we need to feel important, like we matter to the people in our lives, that we matter in the world. And we need that, that human to human connection. All right. Those are the two things that lead to the fulfillment of the core human need, which of course is safety. Right. And so we are always uh, doing this simple but challenging work of figuring out how to move through the world, honoring our authenticity, while also maintaining connection to significance and connection with others. Right. Which is why, again, for me, queerness saved my life yep. because it gave me a place to go where I could just be the perfect, amazing freak show that I am mm -hmm. and not get judged about it. And then if I did get judged about it, I could do the thought work to be to be OK with that, to let it hurt. Right. Because I'm not right. into bullshitting ourselves. I am not into positive vibes only. I'm like right. all vibes, please like bring me the crying on the bathroom floor, big, bring me the anger. Right. right. So I could hold space for the feelings and then decide how I wanted to think about it. Right. Did I want to beat myself up because someone didn't like me? 
right? Because I went to Pride and someone was like, oh, you're wearing last year's shoes. You know what I mean? Right. Like whatever. Exactly. Or do I want to be like, you know, I am. Your girl is thrifty. These are looking great. What story do I want to tell about myself and the world? That's the work. It is the work. And yeah. I love that you brought up the significance and connection. And yes. it reminded me of, I did some, um, I did a brief stint training under the Tony Robbins coaching program. And in the first quadrant that I was in, and then I, I left, um, he talks about his version of the six human needs and significance mm. and connection is one of them. Right. And, and he has people kind of rank like, well, do you crave significance or connection? Which is actually a really interesting way to play through this. Yeah. The others are um, certainty or variety. Huh. So like, where, what do you do? And then in the spiritual realm, it's like, do you play in the growth or contribution space? And I love right. like, I, I run through this with clients all the time. And then the reason I wanted to play off of this from what you just said is I think this is something also to like, as the thoughts start to come up around pride and whether you've been to pride or suddenly it's pride month, and you're like, I'm, I'm not going to a pride. And then suddenly you start feeling alone or whatever. It's like, kind of think through what is it that's missing for you then? Right. Is it like you're seeking connection or do you need to feel significant around this? You know, is it causing some, you know, uncertainty for you? Is it like, I, if I, you know, I don't know, the human needs are so interesting. I always play it like, okay, are you, and this is the way they train you on this particular module is, are you more a person who needs certainty or variety? Are you a person who needs more significance or connection? Are you a person who wants to be more, more growth or contribution? Right. And it, it, it helps you start to see how you show up. Now, again, like any of these things that you do, this isn't like it's set in stone, mm. but I found when I walk through myself and then as I've walked people through it, when I can work with someone who's like, no, I have, a, I, I really need certainty. I coach them completely differently. Right. Like if I was, if I was going to a pride with someone who's like, I really, I'm really like a person who needs certainty and I need to feel connected. And I just really want to like be, you know, in contribution, mm. I would be with them completely different than somebody who's like, I want a lot of variety. I just want to feel significant. I just want to grow because it says how they'll show up at pride. So if right. you're like super, like I need certainty and I need to feel connected and I want to contribute, I'm not going to let go of them at pride because right. they need that safety, Right. you know, they need that connection. And I'm not going to like push them into something, but I'm like, right. Hey, you might come explore this because right. it's going to help them in their personal growth. Right. Whereas somebody who's like super variety, we're going to, I'm going to be exhausted hanging out with them at the right. time because they're going to be right. like, let's go hear this. Let's, oh, look, right. let's go take that. Oh, let's do this. You right. know? Right. And because, and it's got to be kind of a little bit about them that the significance of, Hey, right. this is, you know, and I'm totally cool with that. Sure. But then what they want to like contribute to is going to be interesting to watch where they show up. They may walk right, right by an HRC booth, but then they might get to like women's health booth and like, Oh, I'm totally into this. Right. So whatever they would be interested in, I would make sure that I would kind of be with them in that moment because that makes them feel significant. And so it's just interesting when we play with all of this stuff right. and give ourselves permission exactly, to understand ourselves. Right. Because yeah, most of what comes up in this wellness space, at least, and I'm going to have you kind of take this one too. I've noticed with wellness that if I don't meet the person where they are or in anything with coaching, but especially when it comes to health and wellness, right. you know, if I don't meet them where they are and if I start pushing, which isn't my job as a coach, number one, right, until until I get the buy-in, right? Right, right, um, right, right. 
but if if I were to start pushing right out the gate with someone who's like, I really want to lose weight or right. I just want to, you know, I don't really want to lose weight. I just want to get more consistent in my health. Man, if I started pushing them, that's going to make them feel so uncertain because right. it's like, this is new territory. So as you work with people and you see that uncertainty start to show up in their life, whether it's breaking, you know, the codependency or whatever, what is something that you do that really helps them start to break through that? Like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm not yes. sure I can do this. I love that. I love that question because the thing I hear every single day from my clients, and it's really interesting. I work with folks in a six month program called Anchored and I keep my sort of, you know, this is anecdotal evidence, right? right. But I keep track of sort of in the first three months, how often they say, I don't know, versus the last three months. And the shift is wild and so powerful. But from our codependent thinking, right, because the habit of it is people pleasing others and needing to show up as a perfectionist, we lose track of, we lose connection with our authenticity to the level of not knowing if you want Coke or Sprite, if you want coffee or tea if you want someone to pass the salt, you know, like we lose connection with what we want in such basic ways. Um, and it's one of the first places I encourage people to, to start to regain connection is really around like the quotidian daily bullshit mm -hmm. because it's, it's, that's what a life is built up of, right? A thousand right. teeny tiny daily. Do you want falafel or pizza? Right. Right. And so when your go-to habit is to say, oh, I don't know, whatever you want, what, what would you like, right? Mm -hmm. Is to abnegate your capacity to make decisions for your own life. When you're doing it around pizza, around lunch, you're doing it around everything, everything. in life. But here's everything. the interesting thing. Yeah. I'm so glad you went there because mm. it, it drives me. I am. Mean, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. drives me nuts when, and I guess, cause I'm a parent. So mm. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh yeah. Here we go again. Um, but when I'm working with someone and, and I don't know, I right. don't know. So one of the beautiful things that you can do, and this is for everybody is then say to that person, well, what if you didn't know? I love that question. Yes. Because, and I do this. So I'm really good at like, you know, with my husband, like, you know, the typical couple stuff, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. I'm like, Oh, bitch, please. <laughs> you know, Fine. I've learned that. And, and because we both have pretty busy, you know, as all of us do, but you know, pretty busy work days, we do pretty good about like, Hey, I'll do dinner this night. You did. But when I can tell there's a certain tone of voice, when he says that, I don't know, sometimes it's like, okay, you're just avoiding it. But there's another tone that's like, he, he can't make a decision right now. Right. I just need to like, take the lead. Right now, this is hard when it's just yourself, because you may you may be trying to make a decision on your own, <clears throat> but you could still do the question. Well, what if you did know? Right. The other question I add to that is what would your most loving, mature mm -hmm. adult know? Right. And so I used to talk about I do a lot of work, inner child work, and I used to right. talk about the inner parent. And I have found over the years that that word can be kind of activating yeah. for folks. So I moved away from parent. Um, and actually, I just did an inner child workshop this weekend. And we came up with the term uh, inner guardian. Mm. Because one of the, the people in the, in the group was saying that they, they don't even want it to be a human. Right. That for them, what feels most loving is their inner dog, because the dog was their best friend as a child who effectively raised themselves. That was their their safe, secure attachment figure. Um, and so they want to ask like the spirit of dogs, 
what they would do. And I thought that was so beautiful, right? right? So what would your most loving inner guardian want you to do? Right? I've and also the- used a question. Well, what would the little child that you were do? Mm, yeah. Because there's yeah. a, there is that we've forgotten who we are. Yeah. So what happens when you, when I love the inner guardian that I've heard, I mean, I've been in this, this, you know, personal development world a long time, but I have to say that's the first time I've heard it couched in that term. I love it. As soon as you said, I'm like, I'm like the galaxy warrior. (laughs) And I'm not a sci-fi person at all, but that's the first thing that came into my mind, Right. but it is beautiful. So as you got, as you, you know, your, you and your people came into that, what started to happen? I'm curious with some of the people. So when it is scary to ask for us to own, to have to really stand in our agency, to know what we want, it can be a beautiful step into, uh, into our agency to turn the decision over to an inner part, right. To bring in some Mm -hmm. internal family systems kind of work, some IFS, um, so when we let a part of us make the decision for us, it gives us a little leeway, a little space for it to feel less scary. And so what I saw happening was people were, were just making these decisions with ease. Mm-hmm. Like we went around the room and practiced making decisions with the guidance of our inner guardian. Mm-hmm. And people who previously were like twirling their hair and saying, I don't know, I just, um, I don't, uh, well, I, what is, I, oh, I, mm. Instead, we're like, my inner guardian thinks I should, I should move to Seattle and take the job. I mean, that feels so fucking scary, but my inner guardian just told me to do it. Mm. And I'd be like, baby, how do you feel? And they're like, I feel really calm. Yep. And when I didn't know, I felt kind of nauseous. Mm-hmm. And when I asked my inner guardian to, to support me and my inner children, I just, I feel... <sighs> Like my nervous system calmed and I could see it on their faces, yeah. in their bodies, you know, because I do so much somatic or body-based work, I'm really watching my client's posture and I could see their shoulders roll back and drop and not be all up close to their ears, but really pull back. Could watch their chests open as they were taking mm-hmm. deeper breaths, right? Watch their jaw unclench. And it's a really beautiful practice to, like you said, give ourselves permission to use these tools and these skills to to find the inroads to owning who we are and stepping back into our authenticity and out of codependent habits, right? So we can stand strong in who we are. You know, it's honestly, it's like when I came out, I've been out for 30 years this year. I just wanted to make sure to get that in somewhere. You know, I came out to my best friend, Timmy Paul, um, who is actually a sister of perpetual indulgence in San Francisco. Okay. Hey girl. Mm. Hey, Timmy is the best, but I came out to him and just him. Mm. Right. And then a couple months later, I came out to another friend. Right. And then I like had my first girlfriend. So didn't exactly need to come out to her, but (laughs) you know, it's, it was that slow path of coming out till, you know, I came out to my sister, but not my parents. I came out right. to some friends at school. I obviously came out in the theater, not that I needed to, because right. this, Hello. right, lesbian, thespian, it was like right. obvious, yeah. plus, you know, theater kids. Right. Um, so, and then when I got to college, came out obviously to the whole world, not obviously, right. 
obviously because you're looking at me and you know you know right. you know but um i also went to oberlin in the 90s you don't really okay. need to come out you just right. like show up on campus and they're like what kind of oh. queer are you yeah oh, okay please, welcome please, please tell us what kind you are so we know right how to exactly refer to you right yeah it's actually just quick side note that we can go back to deep right. stuff yeah. i do yeah. remember friends at oberlin being like you know i really need to tell you and i'm kind of embarrassed but i think i'm straight and I remember being like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's just but it's how you were born. Because I the mean, world is yours. Let's just be right, clear. The world is it's yours. True. So it's I true. really I love you, but I can't I can't feel for you because the world I, is like <laughs> on your side, not ours. So uh, but they were the, the odd people out at Oberlin. Yeah. Let me tell you what. But anyway, but yeah, finding these little inroads, whether it's in coming out and going to your first pride, maybe you don't go to the big Saturday parade or the big Sunday parade. Maybe you go to like Dyke March or Trans March or Trans Liberation. Like maybe you go to like one queer brunch, right? Yeah. Maybe you volunteer and sort clothes at your local trans closet. You do one small thing. Right on the path to like Beginning wearing the go. feather boa yeah. and being loud and proud at Dory Alley or at the big right. Sunday March. You know what I mean? And, and, and pride season, well, there's a couple of things I want to pick up from what you just said, but pride yeah. season is one of those times that you can feel very pressured. Yeah. There's so much to do, right? There's so much to do. And then yep. some people will, and I love our, I love our community, but there are some people in our community like, well, this is what you have to do if you're, you're gay. This is what you have to do if you're a dyke. Snore. I'm like, yeah. no, you do not. No, you, you do not. You, I'm sorry, but to me, as soon as you take the badge of honor that I'm LGBTQ, that should be the first time in your life that you get the whole concept of people pleasing is done. 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 Mm -hmm. doesn't Don't mean to be it. an asshole but but no but the thing that you also said that kind of like you talked about you know the shoulders dropping back yeah you know the opening and all the <sighs> i hope people re-listen to that part not yeah. the rest of us as good but if you're really struggling with like yes. how do i show up yeah it is like literally like roll your shoulders back unclench yes. your hands relax yes. um and maybe let your head drop just a little bit yeah. to like loosen up stuff. Yeah. So much of what can happen when we're in these spaces of tenseness and like got to do this or codependency or whatever. Right. When I, when, you know, and it doesn't happen often when I'm in a space with my husband where I'm like, okay, you know what? No, we're about to rumble. I just like, okay, first breath. Right. <laughs> and break, you know, yep. it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with like, Hey, I'm going to step out for a bit, you know? Um, but more than that, before I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I just need to go get in the car and go somewhere. Right. It's like, okay, just, just, just sit, relax, breathe, yep. unclench the hands, think yep. about where in your body you're feeling, whatever it is. And we all have, right. we all have a point in our body where this stuff shows up. Right. Trust us. Yep. Trust us on this one. And now that we brought that up, it, the next time you start feeling that disease or eat in, you know, out of ease with something. Right really quickly go, okay, where do I feel this in my body? Because Victoria will tell you this. I will tell you this. That's where it's going to show up every, every time. freaking time. Every and as time. soon as you can start to feel that, yep. that's like the check-in. It's like, okay, Ooh, this is showing up. Right. I need to do something kind of like right. when you, when you have to go pee, it's like, you know, right. that's coming and you feel it. Right. And so it's kind of the same thing. So, um, right. Right. And that's what the beauty of somatic work of body-based yep. work is, yep. you know, when you get into bed and you're like, I one out of 10 have to pee, which means if I don't go pee, it's 3am. Right. But you can feel, you know what, like, oh, I just have a little bit to pee. You know yep. what I mean? Versus like waiting till you're going to explode. 
And that's what somatic work is. It's about saying, oh, I feel one out of 10 resentful right now. I feel one out of 10 annoyed, one out of 10 irritable. And I feel it as a rumbling burning in my chest, a grumbly in my belly. Oh, my hands feel really tight. My jaw is so clenched. Right. If it's still Ooh, bothered, the jaw what? clench is such oh, a biggie. Ja- oh, oh, it's the oh, worst. Oh, and we don't, so- I don't know that we notice that so much. No, exactly. But that's what somatics teaches us to do to get ahead of it. Right. So, so again, we're not going into that self-abandonment cycle where we're overdoing for others. We're getting resentful and irritated and angry and annoyed and holding it up and holding it in and pushing it down like a beach ball underwater until yep. it explodes. And we tell our partner to where to shove it. Yep. Right. And we get so mad. We get annoyed at our friends at pride because whatever happened and right. we were like doing things we didn't want to do. We didn't have good boundaries. We went out too many nights. We didn't do our self-care. Yep. And so then what happens when, after we explode, we feel guilty because we exploded. Right. Because we weren't raised to be that way. Who, you know, it's, who are we to have opinions? Who are we to explode at other right. people? Right. right. They We're are supposed the to do what of, everybody else tells us to do. Exactly. And other people are the source of our validation, safety, significance, connection, and worth. And so, holy shit, we shouldn't piss them off. So what do we do? Then we overgive and we overdo and we overperform and sure, I'll go to everything. Yeah, let's totally let's roll right. for a second night in a row. Sure. I'll do another shot. Sure. Let's go to another party. 3 a.m. That's fine my bedtime's looking like 930 and it's not that different on pride. Let me tell you what, exactly. but right. But we say, I'll do it. I'll yes, yes, yeah. yes. Cause we want others to like us more than we care about taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So then we get resentful and angry. We blow up and it restarts and it goes and it goes and it goes ad infinitum mm-hmm. until you work with a coach like us, work with a trained therapist, right? Work with whomever you want to bring in to support you. Yep. to help you to see the soup you're swimming in. Cause you can't see it when you've been doing the backstroke in it for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 yep. years. Yep. Right. Like how and you it's said, so beautiful to see it because I don't see my own until I'm working with a client. And then suddenly it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. There oh, it is. There it is. So, yep. yeah. yeah, it is. It's amazing. And it is beautiful. And yeah. as we, kind of wrap this up which i don't want to wrap this up i don't want to i think Let's you know it I again. Just, yeah we'll do it again we'll just we'll, like, do... we'll start the rick and victoria show you know oh, i Let's... love i actually love that a number one b number two <laughs> let's do a um a boundaries for the holidays one. Oh, that would be well I, we'd have to we might have to do a whole series starting next week on that one because it takes a okay, lot right. of people a lot of time to do those boundaries for the holidays let's do it absolutely okay, okay it's, a date. it's a day it's a day yeah. I'll, I'll continue to wear my max russian red and i i will maybe the next time i will show up with my max russian red and you will be it's so a great happy. shade i feel like it works on on so many, so many different skin. beautiful skin tones well, people think i have beautiful skin i mean I, really I get do. that all the time for an you old dude you know, you know get out of here 58's the new what 24 yeah sometimes yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> don't ask our knees right my <laughs> always it's always knees. so interesting because i i get people saying oh Oh, wow. You're wow. I thought you were like 40 something. God bless you. God bless you. You know, I go, I swim at our local pool. I I swim laps and there's a a gal that, you know, takes the tickets and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And she's, she's a little bit older than I am. But every time I get ready to buy the new set of tickets, because, you you know, because I'm a senior, I get a discount, right? Right. And and she's like, okay, so now let's see, because yellow is senior green is like you're young, right? It's like, okay, so you're, you're the green, right? I'm like, no, I tell her this every time. She's like, really? I'm like, yes. I said, I'm 58 years old. And she's like, 
I thought you were 40 something. I'm just like a girl. Well, you need to get your glasses checked. Number one, but thank you. Thank you. So, um, but anyway, let's wrap this up with a really just quick question of if you could give somebody one tip, just one tip on starting to break that path. I know it's hard. I know it's mm. hard, but break that pattern of people pleasing. What would you say? I think it's what, what we already talked about of getting to know what you want, like, and need and learning to prioritize it mm-hmm. and knowing that the pendulum often needs to swing from codependent to wildly independent, right? Like yep. sometimes we need to be like, I'm not doing shit for anybody. I'm taking care of me a hundred percent, but don't stop there, right? The pendulum needs to sort of even out in the middle, which is interdependence, right. which is when you believe in your own autonomy. You stand strong in your own autonomy. I can take care of me and I want you to take care of me too. Mm -hmm. And I trust you can take care of you. And I want to take care of you too. Mutuality, reciprocity. Those are the two cornerstones of interdependence. And that's where I want us to head. But it really starts with building trust with ourselves because we don't trust ourselves because duh, why would we? And that's, that's not a criticism. It's, it's literally saying like, of course not. Why would you trust you? You don't, you don't have a basis for that. Mm, So we have to learn, we have to learn to trust ourselves. Yeah. I would add to that, um, that there's nothing selfish about taking care of yourself. Nothing, nothing at all. And we've been so conditioned, not just as queer people, but as individuals, as humans, we've been, you know, right. hopefully this next, the next generation's disease and everything yeah. really get that, you know? So. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Right. Okay. So you all yeah. got it. You guys heard, we're going to do this again. We're going to so come back times. together and play together again. Cause I Yay. love, I love Victoria and this has been fun. So Anything fun. real quick you want to shout out like a program you got going or we'll, you know, we're going to have your website and everything. Oh, but, uh, thank you. Anything you'd yeah. like to share with the audience real quick. So my podcast, <clears throat> sorry. That's okay. She coughed on the air. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my goodness. This shit happens, people. This is what live podcasting is all about. It's you know? true. It's true. So uh, my podcast is called Feminist Wellness. Uh, it is for humans of all genders um, who want to take care, better care of ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. Um, you can find me on the gram. I give good gram over at Victoria Albina Wellness. My website is victorialbina.com and you can download a suite of free meditations right at the top of the page. There's a little teal bar, click there, and then you can put your name and email in and you will get a nervous system orienting exercise and inner child meditation, boundaries, meditation. It's really a delight and the price is free. So you kind of can't lose. You can't lose when it's free. Go check all of that out. And I do uh, a number of of somatics webinars and workshops. So you're going to want to hop on my email list so you can learn all about it. Yeah. And then my six month program is called anchored victoriaalbina.com slash anchored can learn more about how to overcome codependency with me right there. Mm-mm-mm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm so glad we got to do this. Me too. Happy pride, everybody. Happy, happy, happy pride. pride. Go Yay. out there, be your best self. Hydrate, Whatever the, yeah. wear sunscreen, eat, uh, carry snacks. And, and wear your lipstick. Don't forget, wear your wear lipstick. lipstick. Yeah. It's yeah, a kind of a big important. 
it it's kind important. of it's really very important yeah 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 I know, I know i know victoria's gonna send me like lipstick that's what i'm gonna get this little box in the mail like this is yours rick this is yours so, why did uh, you ruin the surprise uh, yeah, sometimes so all right girl i'm done with you i told you at the end I'm, the like, I'm gonna say done with you thank so, you uh, i loved I it loved having you and thank we all you. all go out and have a wonderful pride and be who you are your way even if you don't go to pride you're still getting to celebrate you. So have a happy Pride, everybody. We'll be back next week with yet another episode of Life Uncloseted and another Pride episode. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but hey, come join us. So Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about and you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, We'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.